Storygram Network. If you would like It's Not About Food podcasts a week earlier and ad-free, please support me on patreon.com forward slash It's Not About Food. For more information about my books, my work, and my body love cards, you can go to my website at itsnotaboutfood.com. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never ever about food or weight. Never ever, not even, one time, not ever, ever, ever. Hello, everyone. This is Laura Lee Work from It's Not About Food podcast. And today we're going to talk about the body love card fullness. And the goddess is sitting at a table with her hands on her tummy, with her legs up on a little stool. And the deer animal is just laying there looking pretty satisfied herself. And there's food on the table, and but she's like pushed it away because I think she's full. She's got enough. And the back of the card reads, fullness is the bodily experience of having just enough to eat, not too much and not too little. When we slow down, stay conscious and go within, we can hear or feel this natural bodily sensation. Every person experiences fullness differently. And some of us have learned to ignore this signal. To experience fullness, you may need to practice listening to your body. I always think with that last sentence, you may need to practice listening to your body. It's like, you think? (laughs) Because yes, that is really the only way you're going to know if your body is full is if you listen to it. Because I tried to forever to listen to my head, to tell me when I was hungry, when I was satisfied, and what I should eat. And it would get all confused because I would smush a bunch of diets together. And I did this about a lot of stuff. I had a lot of different information, some great, a bunch crazy about every facet of my life. (laughs) So to actually sit with my body, mind, and spirit to figure out what was right for me was a journey that took a long time, really. For fullness, a lot of times, so we're going to talk about eating disorders, but it's not only about eating disorders, the fullness is. But for me, that was one of the last pieces to clunk into. After a long time, I got the feeling of hunger. I knew what my body said about hunger And then if I could tap into the hunger, it was pretty easy when I legalized food to listen to what my body was hungry for. But the fullness part was all smushed together with my emotional self. So I didn't want to be full yet. I didn't want to stop yet. Or I wanted to stop way before I was full, depending on if I was too fat or too thin in my mind. And also, 
it just was very difficult for me to hear that fullness piece. And the way I really learned it was to remember about my own child, my son, when he was little. We'd go to a birthday party. They'd put a piece of cake in front of him, and he would eat it, maybe one or two bites, and then he would walk away. And it'd be like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And he'd go... Yeah, I'm done with that cake. It's like, how, there's a whole cake here. <laughs> how can you be done? I remember him so clearly saying, that part of my tummy that the cake goes in, it's full. And I was like, but it's here now. And he's like, and there's always cake, Mom. He had the idea that there was always cake. I did not have that idea. I had to eat all of this now because I'd never get it again because I was a professional dieter. So... To me, it took a long time for me to get that one and to stay conscious, go within and listen because I used food for a way to check out of my life. So I was eating and there was a push to check out so I didn't get that third signal. But as I learned how to stay conscious and go within, I finally heard it and I could tell myself I can have this in 20 minutes if I'm hungry. It doesn't matter. I can let go of it for right now. So we're going to have a little talk about fullness and what that means and all stages of everything, what that is. I'm so happy to have my next guest. She was on our board at Beyond Hunger for a long time. I remember she and I and a couple of other board members, we were at a bar doing a fundraiser. We were behind the bar making drinks. (laughs) And it was so fun. But I hadn't been in a bar for a long time. I've been sober for a long time. I used to bartend when I was much younger, but the drinks were all way different than what I knew. Like I was a Harvey Wallbanger. That was like a new thing. (laughs) And it was like, what? You smash up basil? (laughs) that's a drink, but it was so fun. So what the bar did is all of the profit that they made for those four hours, that happy hour, they gave to Beyond Hunger as a fundraiser. It was so great. And that was just one of the many things that we did that was really, really fun. So I'm going to introduce Lisa, and she's going to tell us what she's been doing since she escaped from the board of Beyond Hunger, because I always say (laughs) the board members, you know, Beyond Hunger board is Hotel California. You can check out, but you can't leave. (laughs) So what have you been doing since you've checked out and left? So moved quite a few times and ended up landing in the Sacramento area. Went back to school, got a second master's. That is um, I had, yeah, master's in psychology, went back and got a master's in special education and transitioned from social work into teaching. And so I've taught at both the primary and secondary levels. And I really, really love working with high school students. I feel like there's just kind of a different consciousness with them. And so I've returned to working with high school students again. And, you know, just growing our family. I had my baby boy when I was still on the board. And I now, remember. Oh, my I God. I know. Now he's taller than I am at 12. 
And I have a daughter who is now eight and just doing the mom thing and teacher thing and trying to enjoy life and travel. My husband was from El Salvador originally. We now have a ranch there and bought property. So we're trying to kind of establish a little plan B for us, a little beach house from El Salvador. And we've been busy. That is so great. So you have like a place to retire to at some point. And meanwhile, some place that you can go and hang out at. And oh, so fabulous. What part of El Salvador? It's kind of near Caluco, which is the city that there's so many cities. I'm like, how exactly to explain? Because it's all so small. And so I, I think Caluco is where it's located. But that is not on the beach. So I'm like, okay, we have to have a place on the beach. I don't want to live on a ranch. Right. It can work. I can hang. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of ranch? There are cows. There are a bunch of fruit trees, goats, chickens. Wow. Never in a million years would I have thought that you would buy a ranch in El Salvador. Never in a million years did I think so either. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the best. Oh, that's so great. And I have seen you on Facebook, obviously, with those two beautiful children and that very handsome man that you married so long ago. So great. So great. Yeah, very much. I just remember his dimples. And now I see him on your children. I know. It's so great. (laughs) I'm glad that that's like a very strong trait. Yeah, I know. It's true. I just think when I look at them, they're a very good mixture of the two of you. The two things got put in a little flask, shaken up, and then that's that kid, and then that's that other kid. Looks beautiful. I know. We're very lucky. And then they also look like each other, too. So that's very sweet. I grew up with a sister that I looked nothing like. And so it's interesting to have that experience with them where everyone knows that they are sick because they look like a carbon copy. It's so true. I always felt like I didn't look like anybody in my family. And I didn't because I looked more like my father who left when I was a baby. Other than pictures, I didn't really know what he looked like even or was around him that much. I saw him a few times. But now as I get older, I see, oh, there's my mom. There's my sister. There's my brother. But I didn't see it for a long time. Now, as we get older, all three of us are starting to look like your two kids a lot more alike. (laughs) I am changes. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like your life is very full, right? It is very full. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fullness. Two masters and a branch and two kids and a big life in Sacramento. So Tell me how you're thinking about that as you go through your life, this whole fullness idea. Yeah, that really resonated with me because I just feel like there's so many components to fullness. It's full of food, full of joy, appreciation of the things that we have. And also just there's a lot of negative things that we can be full of as well, which I really feel is the battle now. You know, I thought it was really hard before when I was young, just with like television commercials and ads and magazines and these images, you know, that are completely not realistic. And I look at my children and what they are facing and it's just 
unbelievable. Just the challenge to really be present and happy and focusing on, I say in air quotes, the correct things, but things as a mother, I would like them to focus on. It's definitely a challenge. You know, I have a son and a daughter. And so things come up about body already. They just see more than I would like them to see. But I also feel like in our house, we just have a lot of conversation about it because I can't be there to control everything, right? And so I need them to know where are they at? Where is their center, their place of fullness? And I feel that a lot with my students as well. Like we were talking about before, I feel like COVID really skewed things for people. I think they lost that presentness and it's really difficult for them to come back to that. And so I see just a lot of dysregulation, really having a hard time controlling emotions, being in touch with emotions. Like, why am I feeling that way? What led up to this? Am I eating? Am I not eating? So many things are coming up that I just feel the fullness piece is something to really, I don't know, just delve into because there are just so many facets of it. It's so great. And what grade are you teaching? So I teach all high school. I have a study skills class that does all grades, 9 through 12. But then I teach English, senior and junior English. And so in that class, I feel like we get into some more meat things because it's like doing novel studies really allows us to dig deeper. And last year, it was just really hard to contain the chaos in the classroom. I try and I call it controlled chaos, right? Because I never know which way it's going to go. But I was getting really tired. And so, you know, I decided I was going to start a gratitude practice because I was not feeling very full with my students. I was just agitated every day because they didn't want to work and they were complaining about every single thing. And I was like, okay, I need to switch something with me. And then I decided, okay, we're going to do it in the classroom and we're going to do it together. And so we started just doing gratitude journals where we would do that every day. And of course, I did research, right, about like gratitude. When you do a gratitude journal, it's going to increase your happiness. If you would like to have a weekly newsletter that has some information about recovery or what people are doing in the world or what I'm doing in the world... And just information about how to recover and what to do and how do we have faith and trust and love and openness to our own selves. You can go to my website at itsnotaboutfood.com. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm... When you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. Storygram Network. I joined Beyond Hunger about three years ago after my own eating disorder recovery. I've been with the Peer Ed program for over a year. I have been a peer educator for a few weeks now. Beyond Hunger is an amazing organization in which high schoolers like me get to go to schools across the Bay Area and educate 
teens and students on mental health, body image, intuitive eating. And I joined because it really helps people. I joined the program because I believe that the information we provide people my age is very important. Beyond Hunger has allowed me to connect with the youth in my community and reaffirm to myself what I know is true. It has given me an opportunity to educate others and inform others around my age. Um, and I just think it's a really wonderful program. Because I want to teach other teens what I never learned. Appreciating your body through its ups and downs, navigating di diet culture, and learning about intuitive emotions and hunger. And I felt that it was super important to continue to make change in the community. My name is Laura Lee Rourke, and I am one of the founders of Beyond Hunger. My business partner, Carol Normandy, and I founded it in 1988. But for the last 25 years, we've been going into schools and talking about the issue of eating disorders and body hatred. We um, train young women to go in with us, peer to peer, student to student, and it is a wonderful program. Please give generously. Thank you. And so, oh my um, gosh. And this is 11th and 12th. You're telling them gratitude. Gratitude. Yeah. And so we were doing it every day. And uh, the days that I would forget, I was like, oh, we need to get right into the lesson. They're like, no, we need to do our journal prompt. What's the prompt for the day? I think, you know, it really did start to just make a little flip in their brain where it's like, okay, let's really think about these things. What are we grateful for? And have the fullness in that moment of, Everything isn't like drudgery in high school, <laughs> which it can feel like. And I think especially when you've missed one or maybe two years of school. I mean, I notice my peer educators that I work with, 10th grade, there's all these different things that they have to handle. And then 11th grade, the fire gets turned up of more stuff they have to handle. And then 12th grade, geez, more stuff they have to handle. And they are busy people. But also, Lisa... Everyone, like you're busy. Good Lord. You've got a full-time job, two kids, a husband, and a life. It's a lot. I mean, I think what we expect of ourselves is to have this full life and do it with grace and look good while we are. Be thin. <laughs> Sometimes it happens with grace, right? <laughs> Where yeah. I'm like, wow, why can't it be like this all the time? Right. right. <laughs> right. Well, because we're not little computers. That's why. So talk to me more about this fullness of what you're saying is fullness of gratitude. That's what you were trying to teach. Yeah, that's what we were trying to teach and just being very open that they're frustrated. I'm frustrated. So like, let's just do something about it together and start a different type of a journey together. And I feel like it did kind of lift some of that drudgery because then they were thinking about what they're grateful for. And then they were also invited to share out if they wanted to. And some people did share out and then they found commonalities with other students that maybe they wouldn't have thought they had anything in common with. So the school where I work, it's called Casa Roble. And it's in Orangevale. So it is a very kind of more rural place. And so with that comes just some lack of diversity on campus. And so I felt 
like really doing this gratitude practice because in my class, I had a pretty good mix of like white and brown skin kids, you know, and we were all just coming together and talking about so many times people would start talking about their mothers. I'm like, oh, of course, the center, right? A lot of time we love our fathers, but a lot of times mothers are the anchor. And so they talking about that appreciation for their mothers and just seeing them even struggle at times, but still just loving them fiercely and appreciating that about them. And I was like, you need to go home and tell your mom. Oh, so great. We do a thing with the peer educators where we have them close their eyes and they think of somebody that they know. They have to know them. It can't be like Beyonce, you know, or something. (laughs) I mean, unless they know Beyonce, but that they know and they respect and they lean on and they know that that person has their back and that they love that person. And again, this is in high school and it's like kind of a touchy subject to say you love somebody, (laughs) you know. Right. And then we say, come back into the room and you don't have to tell us who it is, but give me the qualities of those persons, of why you lean on them, why you respect them, why you love them. And they'll say, they'll come up with stuff like the humor, they always are there for me, the gentleness, the compassion, on and on and on, all these really wonderful words to describe a person that they really love and respect. And then we'll say, do you notice that nobody said they have like long legs and really bitching hair or they have a, (laughs) they have giant boobs or a flat butt or a big butt? You know, did you notice that you don't say, I love my aunt because she's got a small waist? And they're like, all right. And I said, so they think about these people that you're talking about. They look at you and they love you for who you are too. And That's what you need to start doing. Love yourself for who you are instead of what you look like. And it's a whole like chunk, chunk, chunk. And they really get it because we're not taught like that. We're not taught that people will love us for who we are and to have gratitude for our bodies and our mind and our spirits. We're not taught that. I love that. I'm going to start that too. (laughs) And I love that you're doing a journal. You're teaching these kids how to get this stuff out and talk about it. It's beautiful. It's great. It's been working wonderfully. And for me too, because going back to the fullness, sometimes I feel like life is overfull. And then I can feel because I have had my own struggles with eating and not eating. And so I think, like you were saying early on, I was like, okay, hunger, I get that feeling. I felt like that was giving me control, right? Right. And then I (laughs) Like, no, that's not control. That is something very unhealthy I'm doing to myself. And so interesting though. So I don't sit in that place of hunger anymore, but sometimes I will catch myself just eating more where I'm like, wow, am I full? I don't know. I don't think so. I forgot to check in. (laughs) Yeah. And then even when I'm checking in, I feel sometimes I have lost it. You know, I know it's there and I'm trying to find it. But sometimes I think the overwhelm of life just throws that switch where even though I know, and I know I need to be checking myself, it's funny that you can leave that presence. Well, it's like life on life's terms, right? I mean, I don't know, am I tired? 
<laughs> am I hungry? Do I need to pee? I was gone for a little while. Come back. I have to call myself home. Right? Or like, hey, I was on Facebook scrolling, looking at stuff friends are doing. And all of a sudden it's, oh, you should do this challenge. Oh, you should do this challenge. Oh, there's this diet. Oh, there's, there's this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. what? I, like I just went down the rabbit hole all of a sudden. And then it's like, oh, like you say, like reel it back in, get present again. I was just talking to a friend who a couple years ago decided to have a whole year that she didn't buy anything new other than food or medicine or whatever, but no jewelry, no clothing, no shoes, no purses, just like that kind of thing. And I said, was it hard? She said, at first it was really hard, but what she noticed is it freed up so much time. She wasn't online looking at a shirt. She wasn't in a store looking for a pair of shorts. You know, she just wore what she had. And if she didn't have it, she would buy it at a thrift store. And then after that, she didn't even buy things at a thrift store. She just used what she had. And she said she could not believe how much more time she had. (laughs) And I I went, oh my God, that's so true. It really is incredible what we fill our time with. It's the fillers. So Lisa, right now you have a little platform. Do you want to say something that's really important to you about fullness and what you've learned about that and what you want to give to others about that? I think for me, I think fullness is just the gratitude. I feel like they go hand in hand, really trying to be present and keeping it in mind, whether it's social media, whether it's joy. I feel like that is something um, during the school year. It's a challenge. You know, people like find your joy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am busy and tired. How can I find my joy? You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to make it my car. (laughs) Exactly. My keys, my glasses, you know, I'm like, come on, keep it simple. But really when reading the card and just being reminded to slow down and look for it and feel it because it is there. It is part of us. And like your son, right? It's like, we've lost that intuition because we got busy. And I think as women in particular, like you said, we are really expected to be perfect, do everything well, be 110% all of the time, always be on, always be present. And that is difficult, you know, and just also giving space of like, I don't have to be all that all the time. I can just be me. And that's great. That's really great. I can be fully me. Exactly. And like fully authentic. And so I feel like that is what I really feel like the fullness means to me is just being more myself. Because when I'm more myself, I'm more connected with myself, my kids, my husband, my students. It's just a richer experience. It's like then I do feel full when those moments and just more happy, more joyful, more connected with my body. And I just think about how wonderful that is that when you're like that, then everybody else can be like that too. Because you're showing them, I can be like this and people aren't running screaming from me. So (laughs) (laughs) I can be myself. Exactly. And I feel like it's incredibly important for us to let 
children and like my students, they're not exactly children, right? They're 17 and 18. A lot of them just let them see like, I am struggling today. That's just it. I am sad or I'm mad or frustrated or whatever. Feelings. Yeah, I have feelings. I'm not a robot. Maybe I yelled at my son for something and then I feel guilty and I'm thinking about I want to apologize to him. You know, and sometimes that's a very fulfilling sometimes of like, I need to fix that. I need to repair that damage. But you show them that you can apologize about something. Exactly. I didn't know grownups could do that or would do that. Right? I know. And there are are times that I yell at the class and then I'm like, come back. I'm like, I'm sorry. That wasn't you. That was me. (laughs) I love that. That's so true. Yeah. I think it's good for them to know they are not the only ones who struggle. And we are not just like, you don't just become an adult and your growth is over. You continue on the journey and you can keep morphing and finding the things that fill you. It's so great. So Lisa, will you uh, read that today I will practice part of the card? Today I will practice tuning in to my body and listening to the subtle cues of fullness. When eating, I will ask myself, am I satisfied? Do I want more? And can I stop now? I will notice what fullness feels like in my body. Oh, so great. And I think we should say a different thing about this fullness feels like in my body, mind, and spirit, because really it's all of those things, isn't it? It is, absolutely. Well, let me tell you how much I appreciate you being here today and coming on my show and talking about this. I really, really appreciate it so much. And I don't know if I got to tell you before you left on the board how much I appreciated your input and being on the board. It's not that easy to be on a board, I don't think. So thank you for doing that as well, the work that you did for us for so long. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. And thank you so much for thinking of me and having me on. It's been great to reconnect. Yes, yes. And we won't let five years go by or 10 years or however long. It's a time where I don't know. (laughs) We don't know. Okay. See you later. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. You can find me on all the social medias at It's Not About Food. And if you would like to get the show a week early and ad-free, you can become a member at Patreon. Search It's Not About Food podcast. Thanks so much.